This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're a woo 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 Welcome back to the Woo Wooverse. It is your deep dive into energy and like mystical shit and spirit and soul awakening. Basically the business of being a human being who was alive on this planet at this time and a whole bunch of other stuff that they didn't teach you at school. I am Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. And we're energy workers, we're channels, and we are your guides to all things woo and woo and woo. And my goodness, isn't it a complicated time to be alive? Our home is in trouble, our planet is in crisis, and we are all here. Nobody gets to skip out of this or over this. We're all on the front lines of it. Mm. We're all doing it together. And today we are talking about the energy of the earth, how we connect with the planet we live on, how we help her and how we help Mm. ourselves. It's a big one, Lynette. It is, but I think we're all made of stardust, Carolee. You know, it's true that our bodies originate from the same residual stardust that finds its way down onto our planet, into plants, into the nutrients that we eat. Everything we do, think and move and grow in is from that level of energy, that cosmic energy. All connected, cosmic energy. How does the energy of the earth, and the, and the changes on Earth and our experience of connecting to the Earth, how does all of that fit into the world of energy and being able to see the world through the prism of energy understanding? What's mm. the energy world's take on Earth connection? Yeah, an energist's take is the interconnected level of frequency. So mm. your grid is the same as the Earth grid. It mimics each other. And so if you separate yourself from nature, you're separating yourself from the grid basically. It is like we tend to use electronical um, analogies here because it's so clear and helpful. And Mm. one thing we always talk about with our clients is going into nature is a bit like plugging plugging into an electrical socket, isn't it? Like that it is frequency matching frequency. And that's why we use electrical terms because it's Mm. frequency and it's vibration. You know, it's light, it's sound, it's matter. So that's how it all kind of connects in an energist's world is that we're somehow trying to navigate ourselves within a bigger structure of all of that. Yeah. How do we connect with earth frequencies? Consciousness. <laughs> Just the C word? The Consciousness. good C word, not the bad C word. Consciousness. And also all the invisible energies. So anytime yeah. we talk about earth energies, it's about the subtle energies. It's about the things that we can't see. It's the way we move and react and intend and and receive and give. It you know, they talk about gratitude as or connection as the healer of ourselves in this kind of bigger grid. And once we can see ourselves as part of that grid and start giving and receiving and then juicing up on that, that the whole thing starts vibrating higher. 
So, yeah, it we is consciousness. I, sometimes I feel a little bit sad for us as modern humans because yeah. here we are having this conversation through technology with each other and then this technology will then play it for other people. It's amazing that we can that this is possible. Like it's kind of mind-blowing. We live in the future. We yeah. all have computers in our pockets. Wow. But yeah. our ancestors didn't need it explained to them. They did not need a podcast to explain to them that they are earth and earth is them and they are connected to nature and there is no difference. We are so far removed from our understanding that we need constant reminder that we we are earth and she is us. And I wonder if evolution is about having it all in the best of both worlds, like somehow, which is one of the reasons why I loved the 2040 film because he talks about how all these people are like, doing amazing things that make life be better and easier and modern yet are not destroying the environment. I read something the other day that the Japanese have worked out that, that you put something in your laundry, your washing machine, and it's some kind of algae or something and that when the washing machine spins around, it collects the plastics that come out of your laundry and it reduces the plastics that then are put back into the ocean from your washing machine. And like, so we don't need to all go back to washing clothes on the rocks, but we do need to use our awareness and our consciousness and our intelligence to do it mindfully so that we're loving the planet we live in. We're, We're building our home. We're helping her at the same time. It's navigating disconnection yeah. and creating connection, isn't it, that is one of the real challenges to understanding our role on earth and to healing the earth. And we're just getting straight into it in this podcast, aren't we? Because let's, go. let's talk about the fact that disconnection is the thing that as a collective consciousness that we need to resolve. And why yes. are we disconnecting? And you and I have talked about this before, that Human beings often, and we are included in that, feel really like, why is this not working and why is this not happening? And and then we receive unconditional love or someone steps in to support and sees us and says, you're amazing and I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. You build walls and I'm walking through them. And we go, whoa, what's wrong with you? Like we're, yeah, I'd love to yeah. say we're wired for connection because in the deepest part of us we are. Yet I think solving the reasons we are disconnecting, we are doing that. Yeah. Why? There's a lot of wounding, isn't there? And why is that pain and wounding taking hold of us and stopping us from believing we can have it all, we can all share, we can all breathe and flourish on this planet? It's possible. And sometimes when we receive messages from our guides, sometimes they're really subtle and other times they smack you over the head. Like sometimes I love it when the universe just gives you such a big sign that Mm. even on your most kind of doubtful days you or disconnected days, you can't miss it because it mm. really it really did fall in your lap. And I feel like we're in a period like that at the moment that the mm. earth has been saying to us for a while now, we're out of balance. We need to ascend. We need to come mm. into balance. And at the moment, it's just getting more and more and more. We're being smacked over the face with the fact that we are out of balance. And the invitation is to come back into balance. And it's about whether or not we can receive the message and step up. And do the healing as well. Because once you get the message, then you've got to do the healing. There is a a detox, for lack of a better word, that has to happen when you've been so flooded by uh, waves of energy from electronic screens or things that are actually disconnected from the earth mm. frequency. 
it's hard. It's like a drug. It takes you a while to build that resonance and that feeling of wanting to get outside and get the sun and get get back on the the earth grid and I think sometimes that resistance is hard to overcome and I don't know if we really know it's a thing yet so we just get in it and we don't really know I'm getting unwell or I'm tired I'm lacking energy I'm feeling a bit like uninspired we haven't necessarily been taught hey go outside sit you're not you're not getting enough nature Yeah, it's the water we swim in as well, isn't it? Because we Mm. live in, a lot of us live in cities and everything we need, we get through a screen or in in a supermarket. We're not growing our own vegetables. We're not putting our hands in the earth. We turn on the tap, the water comes out. So we don't even think about the rain until all of a sudden the dam is low. Like we really, you can kind of pretend that you don't live on earth living in the modern world. You can kind of pretend you live in a computer or just in a city, but those things take place on earth, but there is a disconnection to nature. It's not our first thought. We don't, we Mm. haven't put that there. And the other thing is I think that many of us have been able to live hearing about the earth being sick, but it hasn't necessarily been affecting us. I think the minute the sky filled with smoke and we couldn't breathe and the earth was literally burning, we started to really take notice that this is on our back doorstep. One of the things I find even more confronting is why are we as human beings who are recognising that we're out of balance en masse saying, no, 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 I love this earth, I want to protect it and serve it. Why are we screaming and pleading with people who are governing us to help us save it? It just does not make any sense to me. And the pain and disempowerment of that, I feel it so strongly. You see, that's one of the things when you become sensitive, you can't disconnect from all of this. You can't say, I'm going to love my angelic spiritual journey, but I'm going to not get political about it. Because of course, once you become sensitive, you have to get active. Yeah, Yeah. The only thing I can think about this and my current way of negotiating it in my head to not end up just screaming in the streets is it's always darkest before the dawn. Mm, that this is yeah. it. This is the last bit of it. Like the, the change is coming. It is inevitable. Our governments have to eventually, you'd think they were kind of built around the will of the people. They're not. They're built around the will of corporations, but eventually they've got to, the will of the people is going to win out. And this is just the darkest before the dawn. And this it's the, the age of Aquarius, it. isn't it? It's that yeah. lateral structure. And, you yeah. know, I loved that during that time, people kept asking me, what do I do? What do I do? What are you doing? And I I would say, I'm heading right up to the higher power. I'm Mm. sitting in the highest vision. I'm going to pray for rain. I'm going to pray for help. I'm going to pray. I just, I have to go to the highest place I know because right now my lower part is screaming and crying and angry. And sure, she needs to go to the pool and do some laps to get that out. But then I've really got to come back to being a channel for that yeah. higher energy. Our planet is calling us. I truly believe we're all starting to hear it. That's why we're becoming aware. And the invitation is to step up, like mm. maybe numb out for a little bit and then, but like yeah. do your work yeah. and step up, step yeah. up. It's, it's where I we're all in this together. We're all in this together. So here's a little fact I learned about the earth the other day that I love yeah. her a lot and I didn't know this and it made me love her even more. I always knew that gravity pulled us to the earth, that that's the Mm. reason we don't float off into space is gravity pulls us down to the earth. But did you know that the way gravity works in both directions, we pull her to us as well? Of course we do. No, and on some level I always knew I was connected to her, but I didn't know that my gravitational pull actually pulled her closer to me. I thought it was just her pulling me down. I didn't realise I pulled her to me as well. It's that whole concept that 
every energy going out is returning. Mother Earth is the only leader we need. Come, see how I give thanks to Mother Earth. Did you know that they did an experiment on vibration and when a positive and negative vibration are emitted, it is the positive vibration that will win? Unless sometimes when you're at a party and there's just a real Debbie Downer. <laughs> can jack the that whole might vibe. mean there's more negative vibrations. Get out. We've talked about that before. Get out. <laughs> so we all do have, we have got our individual energy systems mm. and then there's the energy system of the earth, which mm. we, the wise ones who have come before us have really deeply understood and been able they to map. really do. Oh my goodness. Don't they? They know. Yeah. They know to yeah. burn and this back ancient, and they know to... Ancient knowledge oh. and ancient wisdom that we're kind of rediscovering. So yeah. the earth has chakras. This is something yeah. that I didn't realise until recently. Mm. There's ley lines. Mm. There's way that energy moves around the earth. Yeah. So ley lines are like the acupressure points, you know, like oh. when you go to acupuncture and they go, oh, mm. there's a line and that's the best place to access that line. Yeah. The chakras are vortexes of energy that govern the physical being, you know, yeah. of the whole planet. And yeah. Australia is the base chakra. So we are Larue, sitting here in the very, very crux of the be- and the beginning of where transformation needs to happen, transformation of structure, creation. When they say Australia is the arse end of the earth, is that what they mean? Well, that's a compliment, isn't it? <laughs> Think of it in terms of the, the base, base chakra. chakra of the earth. We are the base chakra. It's why a lot of people come here to heal. So with the chakras, what's interesting is if you live around some of those hot spots on the earth, what happens is you start to heal around that frequency yourself. So Places in high-level altitude like Switzerland, they are talked about as energy vortex openings for the third eye, Tibet, Himalaya, third eye, that kind of stuff. The heart is uh, places like the Amazon, Amazonia, Mm -hmm. and you can understand that because when the heart is off, the lungs of the earth suffer. And so we, we need these chakras to be pumping and at the moment what happens is our earth is depleting and she is in she's it reminds me so much and it's a child's film but it reminds me so much of Moana when the disease starts taking over the island and the coconuts are rotting and basically the grandmother says you must return the heart stone to Tefiti she is unhappy she is not in balance and I think more and more we've talked about this invisible communication that happens with the earth. Like someone said to me once that when the earth is in distress, she sends out a prayer to all those who can hear it to gather around the energy that needs. And she's screaming at the moment. And she is screaming. And it gives me, it does fill me with hope in that this is something we can all do. We all live on the earth. Mm. We are all in communion with the earth. Even if we forget, we all can do the prayer and the balancing and the healing work of bringing her back into balance. And it's not just remembering to take your keep cup with you when you get a coffee. Like you said before, it's like being still and coming into the highest frequency and praying and giving gratitude. You can do it on a really practical, I've written to my government minister and I'm demanding action and I'm doing the work at home energetically myself every single day. And that's so interesting because I was talking to somebody about this recently and they were really angry and they're really upset and they're lobbying and I really appreciate their activism. 
they were saying to me, it's consuming me. My rage is consuming me. I have certainly felt this about certain political experiences on the planet recently as well in the last years. And one of the things I said to her, which I passed on to her from a teacher of mine, they said, but you must make sure that you are healing the anger and the rage and the pain in your own heart around this Mm. and look at where it intercepts with what you've been through, the injustice, disempowerment. The more each individual can heal amongst those things rather than just constantly pointing outward, the pointing outward is imperative because we're breaking a structure down. But we've also got to come back and go, I understand this disempowerment on a personal level and this is how I'm healing it and I re- will not hold resentment. I I have to move forward positively. And that is a really big thing to have to ask people to use this experience Massive. to do. But if you think about it, it's so powerful in terms of what it could do to heal us. And the new way forward as well, for so long humanity solved their problems by going to war and it's you versus me and then I win and then I'm the winner and you're the loser until next time when we do it all again and then you're the winner and I'm the loser and it's all anger and it's all, and then no healing at the end of it, just winning and losing. And I think part of the call here, it is for different ways of doing things. And yeah, we've got to be motivated. We've got to step up, but it's got to be in healing. We've got to think about the world we want to create and have the process to create that world, be part of it, not like just all go to war with each other and then we'll fix it on the other end. Once the change has come, then we'll heal everything. It's got to, it's a different way of doing it. It's a new and frustrating way of doing it, but surely it's got to be the way we go. I think humanity is going to have to be very clever at the way the world is being manipulated into those paradigms of war. Yeah, 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 because there's a lot of money to be made. It's a collaboration of years of manipulation and then we end up somewhere that we didn't even see coming because we're too busy worrying about something else. It's kind of like we've got to grow up during this phase of the journey. Also take responsibility for the fact that, you, like you said, we connect directly to her, she connects directly to us, as does the universe. And you know I've always said that the revolution will be spiritual and that's why because if all the power is taken from us or we're all isolated into apartment blocks in Wuhan, then we need to collectively meditate past this frequency There are so many things that I find fascinating about these experiences that are happening on our planet. It's the backstories. If you go and research and look at what's going on, there was an article the other day that came out that this coronavirus, they had run simulations of what would happen if coronavirus had got out and this was happening three months ago and there is a theory that this is not just a random event but none of that is reported on our television screens and then my question is well who has the vaccine how much is it going to be and the vaccine (laughs) yeah well and then but pay for it you know hand over your dollar dollar bills so virus is absolutely another way of the earth showing us that she's out of balance and it's all happening right now with the coronavirus. Yeah, I heard an amazing quote by Jane Goodall. She said these kinds of viruses, it could almost be seen as nature's way of fighting mm. back. And, mm. you know, because these kind of viruses come originally from animals, whether they're biologically transformed or whatever for warfare, they're, they're originating in the animal kingdom and they flourish with them, like they can be able to move through them. But then when they mutate and they can get into a human system, it kind of goes a bit wonky and we don't have any immune to them. So she was kind of saying this is a metaphor between the animal and the human kingdom, really, and what are we going to do about it? I thought that was really interesting. 
in our like virus is a way that our body shows mm. us that it's out of balance and then the, the uh, that small scale large scale yeah. earth body yeah. showing us she's out of balance through virus if you look at a virus it's one of the only things that has the capacity to change dna and so as it mutates in the body we actually alter the course of our journey you're not the same that as what you were before a virus as you are after a virus it's completely different and i imagine that's going to be the way it is on our planet as well like if you look at the history of the spanish flu 50 million people perished and you either developed immunity or you did not continue into the civilization in fact a lot of the population graphs that people look at at that time they dip and people think it's the world war, but it's actually the virus that hit after. These are very intense times and certainly not times that I want to frighten people about. But I do think it's very important that we are listening to our planet and we're looking at what does it mean for us on an energetic level? What is this trying to tell us? I guess when you look at the fires, we're saying, what's your coal? What's your fuel? Are you using the right fuel? But with a virus, it's about protection, resonance immunity it's all those kinds of things isn't it yeah what is the energy what is the energy of COVID-19 when, when we when you read into it so this is like can we do on the record off the record this is like an off the record Kiralee chat let's go off Lenny. the record first <laughs> <laughs> they're always the best chats oh, our off the record are, chats that we just have in our okay time. well look because I love the We Reverse listeners, let's just talk it out because that's what we need to do and everyone's – I had this funny um, meme sent to me and it said, what's your perfume? And it said dot, 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 hand sanitizer. And I was thinking about my movements <laughs> in the last week and I was thinking, you know, I'm like, it's fine, it's going to be totally fine, I'm good. I might just buy an extra six lots of toilet paper or a few extra porridge. I was going to say, people that's, that's cleaned out the, um, the supermarket no. shelves. I love that everybody's buying toilet paper. No. Like, I know. granted, we don't want to be wiping our butts with our hands. I get it. But, like, are we not buying, like, I don't know, food or that's toilet paper? We're just thinking of our butts. Okay, I did buy a big shopping. I've done my shop. I'm good. And I did see a few other mums watching me do it and go, <laughs> I might just do it too. And I was like, I know, like, yeah, I do think it is reasonable to listen to warnings where they people are saying, you know, you might be inside for two or three weeks. I've got three kids I do not want to be inside yeah. and have hungry children oh my God. um there are people yeah. in Hong Kong and Shanghai and Beijing and Wuhan who and have Wuhan, been in, yeah. inside for a very long time so it is reasonable I mean mm. let's not panic by but I do think it is reasonable I think the interesting thing for me Curly, when I look at this is I can't see the origin as an accident and that's a controversial thing because if you look online everyone's like oh calm down the myths and the stories around this I'm fine about calming down the myths and stories if someone can really explain it to me. But I haven't heard anything about patient zero. We don't know who patient zero is. We don't understand a lot about where this whole thing journeyed and what a simulation months beforehand. And on coronavirus, with a table full of pharmaceutical companies having a conversation about what would need to move in legislation to have a vaccine, and I always look at who benefits. Call me a bit Oliver Stone in this experience. but No, go there, do it. Wuhan is the Detroit of China. It manufactures all of the world's stuff. The US was in a trade deal with China. They were not coming to the party. And, you know, things were getting tense. And even when Parasite won the 
the damn Oscar, Donald Trump came out and said, well, let's not celebrate that, you know, let's, why didn't they give it to an American film? And I think the whole world went, what? What's going on? And because at this point, we don't understand all these trade dealings going on. The average person's not up with what was going on before this virus hit. And then all of a sudden, there's this mass breakout. And if you look at it, my feeling is that the Chinese government wasn't really hiding it. They were trying to work out, have we been biologically warfare here like what the hell is going on and again because they had had experiences with SARS where it did get out and they hadn't been transparent I think they were freaking out but then I look at it and go hmm if you sat Donald Trump down and said wish list for 2020 (laughs) what would it be like which country would you like to really attack let me guess China and Iran who would you like to really suffer at the moment? Yeah, let's dismantle the trade capacity of China. Let's dismantle the possibility of having a major army. Let's dismantle South Korea, North Korea and the Iranian cabinet and possibly the society. It does seem to me slightly worth asking the question, what's happened here? I do think, however, the virus has mutated. They're very magic monkey virus. They get in, they work out the puzzle and they change. So even if they thought they had it down, it's probably taken off in ways they didn't expect. We've really got to join the dots, don't we, for ourselves here. There's only so much you can really learn from modern media. God, it's such a fractured media landscape. Like, how do we join the dots? Where do we get our information from? How can I ever know? Do you remember when we were at school, it was like whatever the, t- the newspaper was on your table, That's that the was truth. it. That's real. And it's just not that way anymore. No. And over the years, I've really started to re- recognise that a lot of people in the New Age movement just completely switch off because it's too much. We don't want to bring the vibes into yes. our life. Yeah. But the trouble is then you actually don't get a lay of the land. So I tend to every couple of days go, okay, I'll watch CNN, Al Jazeera, BBC, you know, I'll take a big scope of what's going on in the world. If there's a particular conflict I'm interested in, I'll read their newspapers in both sides of the world to get a better yeah. idea about That's what's going idea. on. Yep. And then I think about, okay, what feels right for me and what doesn't and it's funny when you join the dots from a long time ago like 10 years ago there were some way out there conspiracy theorists talking about viral antigens used to change the course of the structure of the world and the economy and I was like really like whoa that's extreme can't think about it but you know some of them would be sitting back in the United States right now going I made a video about this 10 years ago. (laughs) I was there. I remember SARS, like when SARS happened, sure, it got reported, but we didn't have the saturation of media now. So I I remember it just kind of bubbling along in the background. Yes, it was happening. Yes, it was spreading. Yes, people were getting sick and dying. But I never thought about, can I catch it while I'm on the tram? Like that just never occurred to me. And also I was like, also I was like 25 and wrapped up in my own shit. But now, now I feel like things are so reported. There is so much information out there that we're so aware of everything and misinformation. Yeah. I saw a meme about, you know, 20 things that could kill us. And it was someone from the new age movement talking about the fear mongering. And is I that agree. my crystal collection falling on me? Is that one of the 20 things that <laughs> No, I saw me? the one about the um, white women in America with their essential oils against the coronavirus. Have you seen that? It's like yes. a superhero. Yep, that one's yep. funny. We could almost be our worst enemy here where, yes, we don't want to fear monger and we don't want to 
perpetuate the energy of a virus or an illness but at the same time I'm really into asking questions and being aware because for so many of our generation we were silenced Mm. we were raised by patriarchal versions of parenting we didn't get to go hey I don't know if I agree with that I don't think I believe this yeah yeah, so I encourage people in this generation you know as whacked out as it may be to think this may be a man-made virus to go and have a look and look at where the the connection could be and who's benefiting and why it's happening and in all conflicts in the world because actually when you join the dots it is quite confronting it's quite scary it can wreck your version of the world that you thought was safe but at the same time you can empower yourself and move yourself out of those fear paradigms well that's so much of this is an invitation on a personal level to understand how you manage fear, what your fears are and how you manage them, what your shames are and how you manage them, what your pains are and how you manage them. This can be, I don't want to say like a learning moment because that, yeah, it's a bit, that's too, not, it's, a bit it's not the right early, way to it? say it. Yeah. Mm. But there is an opportunity to do some personal work here because you might be confronted with it. You might be in the supermarket and there's no toilet paper left and you're like, oh my God, have I missed out on something? That is an invitation to think, think the deeper. The toilet paper things. thing is so funny. So it funny. reminds me of like Australians are terrified of the shit. That's all like, I keep thinking. <laughs> And this is one of the things that I, I upsets me a little bit. Whenever we come to these international apocalyptic end of the world scenarios, everybody goes individual. Everybody goes, "Do I will I be able to wipe my butt?" Are you checking yeah, on your neighbours? Are you checking yeah. on your friends? Are you making sure the elderly in your community are cared for? Are you what are you doing to support your community, or are you just buying a bunch of toilet paper? This is going to be a major thing because. I agree. I mean, my intention for shopping was secure my base so I can be a solid part of this. (laughs) Sorry, two (laughs) jokes everywhere. It's just hilarious. (laughs) I, you know, I recognise there are people who are disabled who maybe not be able to get to the supermarket. I have very elderly neighbours. Right. So some of my intention wasn't just purely about me. It was about making myself a strong base so that I could be there for my kids, so that if other people in the community need someone like me to help work with them, I can. I do, I went and bought masks and when I went to Bunnings, the man said to me, you don't look much like an electrician or a tradie, um, pardon my You're like, that's you know, the patriarchy speaking, sir, yeah. <laughs> and I said, in my mummy drop-off clothes, um, no, 100% guilty, I am stockpiling, you know, I'm taking these masks. <laughs> and, it, you know, it wasn't massive, it was just enough to kind of cover my family and my neighbours. He said, I can't get these for my tradies. And I did think, I did yeah. feel shame. Yeah, I did feel conflicted. I'm trying. I was in. I'm in Melbourne at the moment. I've been trying to buy hand sanitizer because I'm catching a lot of public transport, and never think about I'm touching that button and then somebody else touches that button and whatever. Um, but I wanted some hand sanitizer. Couldn't for love nor money. Finally found some, but only at about the tenth shop, and it was about four times the price you usually pay for hand sanitizer. But then I had this real feeling of White oh my god, I'm safe now. Everything's going to be okay. And they had a limit of one per customer. They won't sell you more than one at the moment to kind of prevent hoarding. And some of what I had been saying to people a month ago or two months ago was don't panic by to take it from others, but by so you're not consuming and being in the shops when everyone else is frightened. The fear and the shame and the panic on some level we know as an energist 
is it can create disorder, disharmony, disease spread. It breaks the aura down. So we do want to be mindful of that at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and again, it brings us back to how do you manage your, your fear? What are you fearing? Mm. If you are in fear at, at this point in time, what is it that you're fearing? How are you managing it? What are you doing for it? Are you suppressing it, denying it? Are you acknowledging it? Are you making healthy ways to express your fear? Are you peeling the onion a bit and going a little bit deeper? Or are you just panicking and buying stuff? How do you manage your shame same questions how do you manage your pain same questions how are you caring for yourself at this time yeah and some people said I can't even go there and I've said okay let's start with breathing let's start with yoga let's start with you know how do I make my house full with 432 hertz ohms you know let's get some peace and tranquility happening have you told other people in your life that you love them like have you like if you're scared about your kids are you just being scared or are you hugging them and telling Mm. them you love them and I think that you could go down a wormhole of conspiracy tunnels on the internet, which I don't Look, people I don't have. think that's what we're recommending. <laughs> that's been done. People are already doing that. You don't need to. It's being done. But I think that energy of taking that back and going, okay, I've read some background. I've read from multiple newspapers. I'm listening to people. I think this is kind of who's benefiting, what's happening. It's probably gone out of control. Does it really benefit me to understand it all no I think this is where we're at these are the decisions I'm going to make and this is how I'm going to go forward and keep myself calm you can't actually control any of this even if you figure out exactly who caused it and who's benefiting you personally unless you're very high up in those governments can't do shit about it we we always knew that something would come that would be out of our control that we would have to then think about all the things we hadn't been thinking about like where do I begin where do I end Mm. how much would I you know would I share that experience with somebody if I was afraid that you know my helping them was going to harm me you know and I do think this is a question for our bigger governments how do we get into these kind of situations is it just completely random what do they do why do we trust them during a global viral crisis but not during the forest burning you know yeah airports this is wild airports are empty at the moment I read a, a thing today about just airports are empty, people aren't travelling, the global tourism industry really has shut down. And so for this, when people are worried, I may get sick, they'll shut it down, they'll cancel the flight, they'll cancel the holiday. But when the our planet was getting sick. It's burning and we need to shut all this shit down anyway to save the planet. It's like, meh. And let's talk about the fact that, okay, so we're going to learn to manage our fear. We're going to learn to how, how to work with each other and try not to go into that hysterical, paranoid, racial tension space because this virus knows no borders, it knows no race, it knows no gender, it's it's just going to be what it needs to be. But then we look at this and there's lots of ingenious things that have come out of it. Like I saw someone today talking about how they're going to teach all their lessons online and I thought, you know, that's brilliant. There's other things where they're going to be streaming shows for people Mm. that can't get to the shows that they've bought tickets to and, you know, potentially the US voting, and I don't know if this is a good thing or not, might have to be moved to a more online movement which might allow more people to vote. I mean, I'm of the age where it doesn't make any sense to me why you can't just vote through an app anyway. That You'll never explain that to me. Um, yeah. yeah, is this, can this provide a blueprint for how we do do things in a more carbon neutral way or how we do travel less and, but, and, but still keep our connection? Does this provide a blueprint of what it's going to look like when we have to make the changes to the global economy in order to get us through climate change? 
Well, it's interesting that we spoke last time about 2020 and that it's breaking down the hierarchical structures and Mm. that it's making it more lateral. Our prayer needs to be as a collective that anyone who starts helping us make this more lateral is doing it for the good of humanity and not actually for their own purpose. And that's why I question how all this is happening and where it's coming from. And my sense would be that if one person after another could individually take their power back in this work out how to collect and connect together positively and start looking at our governments and going this is what we want from you during this crisis rather than you telling us this is how it's going to be which does scare me about all these human rights law changes during this time because it'll happen very quickly people will embrace them because of course they're frightened so what happens then afterwards and should celebrate that something wonderful may come out of it and that we may become more awakened and inspired but I do think we have to question it's a serious situation we're not doubting that in any single way are there gifts that could come from it could this be the real yeah because you think about what happens to you after you get sick you build immunity, you get stronger. I don't know if you've ever had a horrendous flu, but you feel amazing like the week after. Um, you saw me last year when we were oh recording God. the first four episodes <laughs> of this podcast and I just had that nasty flu that was going around Australia. And in those first few episodes, I sound like death. I looked like death. I, I was bad. But you're yeah. right. I came out the other side and A, it feels amazing to be alive and B, my immunity is like rocking. Okay. Yeah. And so... If you imagine that on a global level, on every level and dimension, and we empower ourselves through our throat chakra, we say, that doesn't feel right for me. Thank you for offering that to me. I'm not going to take it. But that does feel right to me. And we start thinking not just personal but heard. It's complicated but it's possible that we could come out more awakened, more heart-centred and a completely different society. It is possible. Let's pray for the utopia of that. Prayers for utopia. Have concerns about where political climate is in that, but let's pray for it. Whenever you hear any stories about what the US government got up to in the 70s, they're always mind-blowing and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that actually happened. We may well be going through that right now. This might be people look back in 30 years and be like, oh, my God. I find it so remarkable how quickly the politicians around the world are believing the science on this and taking action and legislating and everything is shutting down and and yet climate change. change probably don't need to do anything about that do we probably I mean is the science even real what a brilliant point and this is what enrages me and you oh, know I have to work through as a woman years. and a mother on this planet is do not throw facts and scientific figures about viruses and not stockpiling and telling me that your figures are correct and then suddenly saying that the other stuff is a whole lot of crap. Because the funny thing is, and you and I have spoken about this, we know people that can't get tested in other countries. We know there are cold countries that can't test and we know that there are countries that have caveats over how much they can test a day. So the figures of who's got this and how much it's spreading is not necessarily accurate at this time a lot of shamans are saying come back to your own gut come back to your primal instincts we know garlic and echinacea and things that are very natural products from our earth-based energies are the things that we return to and you know do what feels right for you. But I think if I look at it, it's about setting boundaries. And one of the big conversations I've had this week with people is where do you prostitute yourself? Like somebody said to me, I've got a job over in the Middle East. Like I'm supposed to be going. It's got a lot of money involved in it. My company doesn't want to send me. Should I push them? And I was like, 
I don't think so till we know more information. But you can see that dilemma of going money in one hand, do I take my Bali trip or I don't? Like prostitution energy is massive here. It's a very personal question for me. I am a nomad. Mm. Everything stops. I don't actually have anywhere to land. I don't have a base. And so that's what the big question for me amongst this is. If all the dice fall and all of a sudden it's no longer safe to travel, where is my base? So that's what this is doing for me on a personal level is this discussion within myself and this understanding of my base grounding energy. Yeah, like if I'm thinking of it a bit like musical chairs. Mm. Like if the music stops, what mm. is there a chair? That and I get medical on? attention. Like who do we trust? What's our base? What's our boundary? What's our mm. awareness level of what's going on? And, you know, like I've had people say, do I convince everybody in my family to buy some food? I've said you could mention it and probably leave it. Like I don't believe imposing your values on anyone, but I do believe you're right. It's going to raise a question or some kind of awakening for every single person. I mean, it's that heart chakra transition, isn't it? It's always going to be something you can't control that pushes you into new power. And it's the second time in 2020, and we're only in March. It's not December, <laughs> it's people. Two. It's only March. But as a, oh my God, as Australians, in 2020, this is the second time we've been shown that we're not in things, control. supply chains break down, mm. the interconnectedness of the world, but also local issues means that yeah, you might there might not be something in the supermarket you thought was just always in the supermarket because it's always in the supermarket. That's what like modern life is. Second time in basically two months we've been shown that you can't necessarily depend on that. Yeah. I wonder if my wild and radical questioning of universal superpowers, you know, as menial as they are. Hey, we all love a tinfoil hat and we all look good in one. I'm down with it. Let's go. Um, I wonder if people start losing their faith or start asking the questions and joining the dots on a bit of a bigger level and do turn their awareness onto these people and politicians who are using the science for their own means. What happens then? It's going to be an interesting time. We are living in interesting times. Oh, God, aren't we? So it, you can see why people are confused and and live in a sense of paralysis because mm-hmm. is it as clear as we think? Is it just, you know, we go onto the streets and we pray for the trees and we, we elect somebody new in and it's all going to be okay? Can the structure really support the level of frequency change that we as individual energists are wanting? Yeah, it's got to be a complete it's revolution. Revolution. Of, and yeah. not just politically, but of the self. And yeah. again, like if you say that, like this is kind of a radical thing to say in this modern times to go, no, we are all spiritual. We are all connected to nature. This is, we are having a spiritual existence. There isn't a separation of church and state, fine, whatever, but you can't separate the spirituality no. out of yourself. It's all connected. But again, rewind a couple of hundred years and have this conversation with your great, 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 great <laughs> grandmother. And she'll be like, duh. What? Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? That's just my every day that's not radical and then on a personal level like when we first had a drought where I live we had water restrictions now bathing is one of my top healing modalities I love bathing and we were put on massive water restrictions which basically meant you could fill your bath a quarter of the way full and five people had to use it and I was okay about earth healing and change until it affected my mm, bathing yeah, ritual. Yeah, and yeah. I really had to go in deep and not lie about how much water I was using. Yeah, right. yeah it was big. They were monitoring how much water you were using. And I was like, whew. 
And challenged. Because mm, it is. It's a very individual experience. And again, talking about the connection, I bet you they were monitoring how much bathwater you had. And yet the big farms and the big factories that are just allowed <laughs> yes. to pull as much water out of the river as they want forever. They've got a hundred year lease yeah. to just pull the water out. Yeah. And they're not getting monitored. So yeah. it's like complicated. It's interesting also with the bushfires that we just went through because It's the immediate trauma and the immediate experience of what happens to our earth and there's a scar, there's an open auric wound basically over this area of the planet at the moment and yet there's so much fallout that we haven't even contemplated yet. So before the fires there was a drought and we didn't know, knowing from my father who's an apiarist, whether there was going to be the water to create crops and pollinate crops this season. Now we have a fire, so we've got farmland disappeared plus drought land. Well, there's going to be changes in food production and crops and how much that food costs. And so when you look at it, there's no escaping this, is there? There, We we can't just go, oh, you know when there used to be a disaster or something happened, like the floods rose and then it was kind of like everyone backs out. You've done your special duty and then it's gone and we've all gone back to life. Yeah, this, yep. It just does not feel like we can go back to life the way it was this time. There's no returning to normal programming. No. Like this is the way forward. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's yeah. why it's really important to – as we're navigating this individually and collectively to do it on both sides. So yeah, to go into the streets, to write to your minister, to change how you shop and also do it inside of you. Also have your practice and do your grounding and connect to the earth and have your prayer and raise your frequencies. That's how we're going to navigate it. That's how we're going to get through it. Because some people are frightened and some people angry and some people are sad and some people are sad and angry and some people are numb. And so not everyone's coping or responding to the experience the same. I am absolutely sure that we're just going to keep coming back to climate change as a topic of conversation because it's what we're learning through as a collective consciousness. It's actually changing us. It's our spiritual practice. It is. It is. But let's talk more about like what do you know about Gaia? What do you understand Gaia being? So as I understand Gaia, and I don't know if I'm right here, but it's an unscientific theory of the earth and that she's alive, she's living, she's a living organism, just really scaled up. So kind of like us, but massive. And about the interconnectedness of everything, that there are all these systems on earth that feed into each other and connect into each other, that there is that she has an energy field, she has cycles. And I think this theory, maybe they came up with it in the 70s, but we're understanding it a little bit more and more now as we do understand that something like the ice melting has an effect on the oceans, which has an effect on the rain. Mm. And there's like the, you know, the interconnectedness of different Mm. biospheres and fields. She has consciousness. She she evolves and shifts. That's what I understand too. Because when you look at the way Gaia is set up and what, how she heals and operates, we learn a lot. So if we return to understanding seasons and cycles and on time and off time and growth time and all of those kinds of things, Mm. we equally need those things that she is displaying to us. Like we can learn so much from her. 
I often think in terms of and with climate change and, and the earth and everything that's going on in terms of scale. So mm. I think like we sometimes we have all this bacteria in our gut. Mm. We're mostly bacteria, actually. Um, and so we have all this bacteria in our gut that we don't really notice, but it's there. And then sometimes it really gets out of balance and then we're really yeah. unwell and we can come back into balance. And I wonder sometimes if that's us for her. That if yeah. we're like, we're like she the knows bacteria. we're there, we're connected to her, like it's all there, but we're currently out of balance and she's doing everything she can to pull us back into balance at the moment. Yeah. And it's not always pleasant, but balance yeah. is the default in some way. And there are cultures who really embrace that. Remember there, there was that massive volcano that went off in Hawaii and they had built a school and a village at the bottom of her and the volcano went off and it was starting to spew lava and everyone had been evacuated. People on from the media were going and putting their big microphones in people's faces and saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you've lost your school and how do you feel? And they were like, well, we built the school there. Yeah, yeah. She needs to go there. She is just doing yeah. what she needs to do. And they could not get the depression and the rage that they wanted from these people because everybody was accepting that Gaia needed to do that and that they knew that that was where she probably was going to do it and they had just accepted that she had taken the school. Yeah, it's the same in Bali with the recent volcanic eruptions over the last few years. The the understanding among the Balinese people not is why is this happening, but may may this be allowed to happen, you know, with mm. minimum loss of life, minimum loss of land and, and possessions, but may may the um, volcano, may this volcano be expressing what it needs to express, may it get out what it needs to get out, may this be allowed to happen in the best way possible, because this, this is not an aberration, this is as it should be, like this is the earth expressing itself. It's almost hilarious, isn't it, to think that we think volcanoes are not going to go off, that yeah, we are really, not going to yeah. have El Nino cycles, that we're not yeah, going to need yeah. certain things for things to evolve. The ways to connect with Gaia are really interesting. One is our breath. The other is our intended consciousness, so visualization or frequency consciousness, sound, and our heart chakra. So when you immediately can resonate back down into your heart chakra field, you are in original resonance, which is what they consider Gaia sits at, 432 hertz which is so amazing that we have ways to communicate with her. We can talk to her, which is pretty cool. And nobody taught me about this at school. I just thought I was like a brain <laughs> in a jar that lived in a computer. <laughs> nobody told me that actually I was the earth you and she was me. commas and full stops. and Right. Yeah. Actually, I'm stardust. That's part of it, isn't it? That when we are divorced from earth and Gaia and nature and from this understanding that we uh, natural beings. We are not at the top of the food chain. There is no food chain. We're all mm. in this together. We lose out on a lot of what nature has to offer us, a lot of healing, a lot of guidance, a lot of wisdom. It's all there for us. Again, our great, 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 great grandmother, she knew it. Yeah. We've forgotten it, which I think is why coming back to understanding it is so powerful. Uh, yeah. And so much gets discounted as silly science and rubbish when it's actually just really, really deep common sense around the fact that we are one. Do you know the theory of the great forgetting? No. So the great forgetting 
is when we, so we were hunter-gatherers, we were moving around, we, about 10,000 years ago, we decided to like settle down and build towns and grow crops Mm. and keep animals. And so we moved to agriculture, but it was before we knew how to write. So we had all this wisdom of what it meant to walk on the earth, be in the earth, live with the cycles, work with her and travel with her. And when we decided to give that up and stay still and then start trying to bend the nature in our vicinity to our needs rather than having our needs work through what she was offering, we lost, we forgot. We forgot all this information that as a species we used to have because we were oral cultures, we didn't write it down. It's stuff that we, but deeply we kind of still know it deep in ourselves, but we lost a lot of the information that we had about how to really be in communion with nature. And I think it now shows, like you can tell we forgot a bunch of stuff 10,000 years ago. Look where we ended up. And yet there's cultures who just to have never really lost it. Yeah, who kept it going. We just stopped listening to them or we stole their land. Yeah, like you go to Japan and they're putting people in sand, volcanic sand up to their neck and letting them sit there for 40 minutes. There's something called forest bathing where Dr. King Lee, I think it is, he discovered that plants emit aromatic compounds called photocytes and after 40 minutes we start inhaling and resonating differently around these plants, we inhale the photocytes, we resonate differently, we start to breathe and we exhibit changes. He tested things like the blood gases and blood pressure. And so forest bathing is a real thing in Japan. And they actually now incorporate it into hospitals. A lot of cancer hospitals will tell their patients to go and sit outside on the earth. It's amazing to have science to back that up for us. But I think we also, on some level, know you go for a walk in the forest, you just feel better afterwards. You go for a swim. I'm 80% less bitch after I've had a swim in the ocean. Maybe even 90% (laughs) less bitch. Like that, talk about a resetting. There's so much wisdom. And, you know, for me, I think it's that, too now that we know it but we've got to join it together and there are wonderful authors who are trying to bring this together one of my favorite people to read on about this is Eileen Caddy from Findhorn and she and her partner and their three boys now gosh only knows how they did this with three sons because I never sit down but they made a, a huge garden like a massive sustained garden on the side of a sea cliff, basically. And when they got there, it wasn't like they went there with this intention. They got there and because they weren't, didn't have a lot of money, she said to her husband, you know, well, maybe we can grow some stuff. And he said, okay, I'm going to give it a go, but I'm not really a green thumb. And she had started to connect into kind of wisdom that was, you know, through her higher self and experientially exploring those kind of realms. And one day in her meditation and sitting, she got the message about what he could do to connect and tend to the earth and the plants to help them grow more. And basically they started growing things that have never been grown in that area of vegetation before. And over time, things got so big. They were known for these massive 40 cabbages and these huge delphinians and rose and they attracted this person from IBM Research, Marcel Vogel, and he said the garden isn't growing from soil, only in the soil. The plants are fed by consciousness of this community. Look, I uh, love he a did all the research plants. I love a little bit of having a conversation with plants. Oh, don't even I, get um, me started. I, I love uh, the topic of plant music. <laughs> I teach this mandala meditation where it's a nature mandala. So you go out into the grounds, into the gardens, and you 
collect plants and flowers and then you come back and we build a mandala. Mm. And I always say you've got to ask the plant for permission. So you ask the plant and you'll you'll know whether or not you're allowed to take something. And I had one woman come up to me and she was like, um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I was like, you just you ask the plant. And she's like, I'm, I'm sorry? <laughs> what? And I'm like, look, it's fine. You'll know. You'll know. And afterwards she was like, yeah, I asked the plant and some plants I got a yes and some plants I got a no. How does that work? I'm like, it just does. You can just talk to them. It's fine. I took a group of students to the Crystal Temple in Byron Bay and they have an experience where you can listen to the plants talk. When we got into the room, the, the plants are all hooked up onto these amplifiers and look it's a bit complicated but basically it's about how the plant has like this calcium resonance and then when they kind of connect or something the resonance can be then transferred into an amplifier it's all got to do with energy we're all sitting in the room and one of the they had five plants and none of them were singing and the poor host was a little shy. bit like, wow, you guys have come from a long way and I really want to show you how these plants work. And we were all sitting there and he's going, I'm so sorry, someone must be really stressed. There's discordance and the plants don't want to play. And funnily, one of the plants was called Prince and the other was called Madonna. And he said, listen, if everyone can go outside and shake it all off and leave your mental energy outside and come in your heart chakra, we'll see what that does to the resonance of the plants. And as soon as we all came back in and we all connected into our heart chakra, they started pinging off these little notes. And if you ever get the chance to sit in front of a plant orchestra, it is amazing. They... They kind of ping and they all have different sounds. It's so cute. Prince it's was so going cute. off. You can even just give a, even if you don't have the technology, you can just give a tree a hug. Because plants, they are, they're healing and not just vibrationally, but they are the basis of most of modern medicine. Like this is the thing. We think that all the, some of this mm. is old news. This mm. is stupid. This is what people used to believe, but we've evolved past that. We have science now. But most of modern medicine is based on compounds that we've taken from nature. And then there's that mm. version of plant medicine. And then there's the plant medicine like ayahuasca and things like that. that and psychedelics actually, and mushrooms. Yeah. And, and yeah, weed the wisdom. And all these plants that exist to heal us. I always love it when a plant is illegal. It just amuses me so much that as humans, and like, great, you can arrest somebody for it and put it in prison. You, like in the real world, you can actually enforce that. But the fact that we think we can legislate nature, like people are like, no, no, that's illegal. It grows naturally. Yeah, it was so here true. before we were here, but it's illegal. There's so much we don't understand. Like we assume that these little things sitting in the corner of our house in our ceramic pots are not doing anything. But when you really look at it, there is a whole interaction going on. And they did all these amazing studies where they exposed plants to different types of music like Beethoven and Brahms and they grew towards the sound. Plants not only grew away from heavy rock music, which I find hilarious, <laughs> but they grew abnormally tall and excessive leaves and very sparse roots, you know, showing us that resonance and sound has has connection into us. There's just so much we don't know and we don't understand. And the other thing to remember is we're eating these beautiful plants that yeah. can give us nourishment. So if they're not put in the right soil or they're not given the right care and the right tending to. That's how we got 40-pound cabbages. They were grown with a consciousness that was different than just shoving something in the ground and plucking it back out again. 
And there's this theory of eating food, especially fruits and vegetables that ripen after picking. Mm. That when you're eating something that is ripening, you're taking that wow. energy in. Yeah. I know, isn't that magical? So that yeah. like if you're eating something that's decaying after after it's been killed or after it's been picked, that's one energy. But if you're eating something that's ripening, then you're actually taking that energy in. And so that's the most beneficial food to eat is food that's like ripened once it's been picked. A plant, different plants grow better and breathe better when they're in a 5,000 hertz frequency. And so I wonder if we've got to create crops that we want to nourish us and we start using more understanding of frequency to get, those crops that we need like there's just I, I think there's things we haven't explored <laughs> like we all need to be playing the music and don't even get me started on essential oils they are my new obsession I went overboard Missive. on the essential oils I really did back in the 90s I've got to be honest. yeah okay I'm late to the party I used to be a bit dismissive and yeah I don't know and thought that it wasn't powerful or I don't know but recently I've just come to understand just how powerful plants are when we bring them into our homes and we bring them into our bodies and we bring them into our lives and how healing they are. I have so much stuff on my website if you're interested in hearing all my thoughts on essential oils. I'd love to share them. (laughs) Yeah, essential oils are amazing. Plants are amazing healers. I, as I said, I did go overboard on them. So I really appreciate a, a thorough guide and understanding because see, the thing is they're potent. They're not just to be played around with like you know some of them are toxic for certain Mm, reasons and I think this is the problem when these things are discounted as real that information gets really murky and then people get waylaid so you know yeah I believe that all of these energies are going to come back into being part of our healing kit I yeah, never travel yeah. without tea tree. I don't know about you, yeah, but right? yeah, no, I, absolutely. every shower I've ever taken outside of my own home has had three drops of tea tree oil sprinkled onto the bottom of the shower. Yeah, you know that's just. The and way we I can't roll. We, we can't go forward with having all these toxic chemicals in our homes and in our bodies. We have to go back to to nature and to like come back to this natural vibration and frequency. And yeah, I love it. There's there's a whole um community called the. Have you heard of the Dhamma Hurans? No. Oh, they're pretty special. Do tell. Yeah, so they're out there in the hills of Italy and they are really about connecting people back to the forests and the plants and yeah. the wisdom of plants. They're actually the ones who first discovered that they could record the plant sound and communication and they've studied all the connections about the way plants will talk to each other so they know when certain times are right to do that germination and People that are studying this, they truly are some of the people on our planet that may hold the wisdom for us to, you know, get past some of the lack of food or whatever. Yeah. So let's talk about how we connect to nature. So mm. if if there's so much power and beauty in nature mm. and yet we, so many of us are so separate and divorced mm. and unsure, how can we start connecting to nature in our personal lives, G- given that a lot of us don't live in it, we live far from it? So that it's really interesting about how we connect when we're not next to nature or don't have a lot of nature around us or available to us because they actually did do recent studies around it and they did this study all over the world to try and figure out what was universally the most helpful thing to do. Definitely things like the forest bathing came out tops in terms of decreasing blood pressure, raising awe and inspiration, changing you know our T cells in our body 
um, getting a different neurological circuit and calm in the nervous system. Those things are absolutely true. If you're in the forest or you're in seawater, that, that happens very, very quickly within about 20 to 40 minutes. It's harder, of course, when we're not there and there's no tree to just instantaneously hug. Obviously, plants in offices plants and in next to where you sleep yep. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Crystals, but they need to be returned to salt water and into the earth. I'm holding my crystal very, very as we record. You've probably got a few in your bra. I do. I, I always roll. have a crystal angel today. <laughs> the big two things that are obviously always with us are our breath. So yeah. managing to get deeper breaths in and holding that breath and calming that diaphragm and then letting that out instantly connects you to the bigger circuit as well as the other thing is the water that you're drinking. Making conscious that you pray over your water or you ingest your water or you're getting enough water, they are, you know, very important ways. And then the rest has to come down to visualisation. I've got two that I want to add in there as well. One is... Mm taking moments wherever you can. So taking a moment Mm. of just being outside and you can feel the sun in your face and you just take a moment to close your eyes and feel the sun in your face and then to think about, okay, what is this? What is this warmth that comes from a star that's burning in the sky that's coming to me? Who else is receiving this, this light? It's helping things grow. It's helping me grow. Like just having these little moments of, because again, we we live on earth. (laughs) We sometimes forget, but we actually do. And so even if you're in a city, you can feel the sun in your face. You can feel the wind on your skin. You can take that deep breath of, of the wind. And my other big thing is gratitude as well. So I've started putting that, I say grace before every meal. And I've added in at the end of every grace now, I say, I thank everybody who planted the food and bought the food and Mm. sold the food and harvested and cooked the food. And then I say, thank you to the sun. Thank you to the wind. Thank you to the rain. Thank you to the soil. And thank you to the earth. And I think even just that acknowledgement that again, I didn't pull this food out of the ground with my hands. I didn't get dirty. Mm. I didn't plant it. But even though it's hidden from me, it came from the earth. And the Mm. rain isn't just a thing that happens that is annoying for me and it means that I get wet and I have to carry an umbrella. It is life itself. And I really realized that living in the city, I was like, oh, it's raining today rather than, oh, my God, it's raining today. Yeah, once you haven't had rain for a while, that sound is amazing. It's an answer. Yes, and every culture on earth that lives close to nature sees rain as a celebration rather than a pain in the ass. And we're just like, oh, God, now my shoes are going to get wet. Yeah, actually, I was just remembering that movie Baraka. Do you remember that movie Baraka? Look, I do, but only because the first time I saw it, I was really high and it really did my head in. But yes, okay. I know the one you're talking about. I, did, there was just, I was 17, there was a bit much pot. It was a thing. I think, And there's a second one that really talks about this connection with nature. You raise an interesting point about praying over food as I was talking about over the water. And I think that's a way to raise frequency and connection with the earth for sure. We are so void from where our food is coming from most of the time. There's a lot of talk about are some foods better than others and all that. When people come to see me, I, it, it's more about does the food that they're eating resonate for them and equally yeah. it's around the intention ingested by, like it's the frequencies yeah. around the food, hands down, that beats any type of food. I haven't really yeah. come across something that it's been a strict yes or no for anything, but it's about making sure that the food is lovingly prepared and it's in a sense of joy. 
and there's that have you ever heard that yogic story about the the old yogi who had a group of students and he was trying to explain this to them and he said um yes yes go to sleep and then the next day he welcomed them to a banquet and the food was amazing and the dreams were amazing and everyone was so excited and they were filled with inspiration and he was like yes 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 and what are you going to do with that inspiration and that you know for three days they floated and then the students came back and he said oh we're having another feast and they were all really excited because they'd had such a great experience and this food was actually stolen and some of it was not its best and highest quality and it was made with the intention of anger and it was deliberately frequencyed to not be in a positive state. That night, everybody finished the very same banquet and went to bed and had nightmares and woke up feeling angry and depressed. He was making his point too that the banquet was the same. It was all the similar foods, but it was the frequency behind those foods that was really having the biggest effect on their psyche. And I think sometimes in our diet culture, we've lost that energetic understanding. Yeah, diet culture is nothing about your highest frequency and your highest vibration and you being your healthier self. It's all about the negative. I wonder if if that's part of the reason this story that you've just told that food always tastes better when you eat it outside. It doesn't matter if what you're eating while you're camping, it's going to taste so much better than the five hatted Michelin restaurant that charges a fortune, the jaffle you have in nature. For international listeners, a jaffle is when you get two pieces of bread and you put like cream corn or something in between them and then you push them together and cook them over the fire. Australian, amazing. You love it. Always tastes better than anything fancy that you get to eat inside. Or, you know, someone who's taken their time because they love you to make a meal. I had a friend when I was in a very dark space long time ago who used to invite me to her house every Thursday and she would cook me lunch and she didn't have a lot of money and for months I would just crave going to her house and she always served me a similar meal a bowl of soup some um, roasted vegetables and a piece of hand homemade bread after a while I was like I just don't what do you do what is this and she's like she looked shameful and shocked and she said to me well you know my situation I don't have a lot of money but that's a tinned can of soup and it's my vegetables that I buy once a week and I always make a loaf of bread but I pray over all of my food and it was was the best meal I ate all week and it was so healing so it absolutely is something that has an effect and you can put messages on your water bottles and things like that as well any other tips for connecting with nature regardless of of where you are and what you're going through One of the big things about nature is it's a healer of emotional frequency as well. So if you are suffering deep grief, deep sadness, deep loss, deep confusion, and you haven't had a lot of time sitting on the earth or being in the earth, it's probably a great idea. I read an amazing story the other day about Theodore Roosevelt. He lost his mother and I think it was his wife all on the same day. He was in deep and dark depression. He says in his own words, it was like my light went out. And he gathered his people and they went camping. He needed time out. So he went into a forest and went camping. By the time he came out, 
the National Parks Project was created because it had done so much for the healing of his soul that the national parks that are still protected in America today were from him finding the peace and the reconnection that he needed. It's available for all of us. On what you said before about how the earth is so great at, at accepting emotions and resetting emotional frequency, it's one thing that I, I've channeled several times for various clients is that whatever it is you're going through, the earth can handle it. She can't yeah. handle the pollution we're giving her. She can't handle yeah. like the amount of natural resources we're drawing out. She can't handle like that is putting her out of balance. But what she absolutely can handle is if you need to go and scream in the forest or sob in the ocean or feel uncertain and scared while sitting on the earth. Not only can she handle it, but she kind of loves it. Like that's you talking yeah. to her and her talking to you and and you asking her for support and her offering it to you. It's a place you can always take your emotions and you need never feel guilty about it. Always remember to say thank you. It's it's the polite way to end a conversation. Um, but yeah, like you can, she can handle it. You can give her your emotions and she can accept them. And in Ayurveda, they really accept this this way of looking at the five elements, space, air, Mm. fire, water, earth, Mm. as being something outside of us, but the natural Mm. world also inside of us. And that's Mm. a really conscious way of looking at how you cook and how you eat and how you care for your body. Beautiful. Um, The internal made external and the external made internal. And keeping that yin-yang balance, yeah. Keeping a bit of balance. But there are some countries that have made such amazing forward steps to this. In Finland, they have created power trails that encourage walking, healing and reflections. And throughout them, there are signs saying, you know, stop here, touch a plant, um, you know, meditate, which is really cool. And they're sending kids out to do This is part of their school curriculum. And in Switzerland, they have something known as the forest kindergarten where kids are allowed to come and learn and be part of the natural growing system. And my favorite is in South Korea. They have something called the happy train and it takes children who've experienced bullying into the woods for two days of camping to muster and find skills and strength in nature. And so there's all these beautiful little programs Mm -hmm. going on. I know in Perth there's a kindergarten that now lets children lie on the earth to have their afternoon nap. One of my friends in Germany, little Margot, is in a kita. She's in a forest kita, uh, which is like before she's not at school yet. It's like kind of kindergarten before school. They spend eight hours a day in the forest, even when it's minus 10, even when it's plus 30, they spend all day in the forest. All like just all day. They eat their meals in the forest. They do everything in the forest. Like, and these kids are just so connected to the earth. And they like, they go look at the animals and they look at the plants and they like, it's innate for them. There's no four walls and nature's out there. It's like we're in nature and the four walls are over there. I guess you could go to them if you wanted to, but you don't have to. And the other day, my son said we were trying to open a banana and it was really difficult. And he said, oh, mum, that shouldn't do that. That banana should be really easy That's to open. That's been poorly designed, mum. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, it was he knew that it wasn't an organic, like it oh, had yeah, right, had, okay. it had, had some modification because it was a very thick skinned banana. I think that healing in nature, being in nature, connecting to nature is actually one of the best things we can do 
to help us navigate the current state of the world as well, especially in terms with navigating our climate anxiety and grief and anger and frustration or numbness, if that's what you're going through. Because we mm. live on this miracle of a planet. She's amazing, this, this pale blue dot. And I think sometimes if we're just seeing everything that's going bad, we can forget that actually everything, there are still so many wonderful things in nature. She's still glorious. And being in her and being with her and giving thanks for her can really help heal you and help you do the work you need to do to navigate what's coming. Absolutely. And I choose and encourage all the people that have been asking me about this to choose to look at her resilience, yes. to look at the capacity, yes. to look at the miracles, to focus on the helpers and the healers and the scientists and the people who are open to exploring new ideas because I think they give us so much hope that if we want to change the structure and heal this, we 100% can. And she has tricks up her sleeve that we don't know. We just need to allow that energy to be able to come through and, and show us bigger mm. than us she's older than us there she's wiser than us she's done this before she can do it again yeah. i'm getting a lot of people coming to me at the moment with fears yeah. for the future climate anxiety a lot of their yeah. questions are around that and one thing that tends to come through is either you're either really called to step up at this time and lead what is going on or you yes. are not and if yes. you are called to step up, you got to step up like that's part of your journey. But if you're not yeah. called to step up, you're actually allowed to take the weight of the world off your shoulders. You're allowed yes. to do your bit, absolutely, but not yes. feel like it's on you to fix this. You can take some of the pressure off yourself. I And I don't think everybody can fix it in the same way. I don't think all of our skills are the same for each situation. No, absolutely not. No. And some of us are Greta Thunberg and Autumn Pellier and some of us are not. And so we get yeah. to actually not have to carry the burden of thinking we have to fix this around we get to take some of the pressure off ourselves. And I think that's really important to remember, especially if you feel like you have the I weight of the world I even want to take the pressure off Greta Thunberg. I sometimes think, oh, my goodness, what a sacred contract. Mm. You are doing such a great job. If you have a bad day or you can't sail on a ship for one experience yeah, yeah. I am not going to hold it against you yeah, like yeah. I do feel concerned that sometimes we're so rigid about our superheroes that yeah. we forget they're human and yeah, and for yeah. us too you're right we have to give ourselves mm -hmm. a bit of slack and also yep. I think we've got the the power we have is to look at how we live and what we do and how we connect to this frequency and seriously Absolutely. that changes so much doesn't it when you bring yourself yeah. back into balance and yep. make decisions about your own world, it can bring back a lot of peace, I think, in a, in a very disturbed yeah, absolutely. way. And the only way through this, we've got to be in peace. We've got to be in trust. Mm. We've got to be together. We've got to be faith and hope and joy. All yeah. of those things are even more important at this time than any other time. It's like, again, coming into balance. If there's so much doom and gloom, we need to have the exact same amount or more of joy because otherwise what are we fighting for? Like are we really fighting for like something terrible? We're not. We're fighting for the joy and the connectiveness and, and the nature and the beauty and that's what we need to prioritise in the struggle. And so many of us have pets and plants. I always keep a goldfish around, always, because that's a way that I can feel nature in my home. I know there, my friend has so many plants. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I had to leave my plants behind when I started traveling. Of course, I you can't them. take them. Yeah. I sometimes FaceTime with them. 
And recently I had someone say to me, I want to be connected to nature, but I'm terrified of it. And I sent them to equine therapy and they learned how to do all that beautiful Mm. communicating with horses and that was really powerful for them I don't as think well because it's an accident that, that e- came in. even as we live on our computers and we all disappear into screens that the most watched videos online are dog videos and cat videos like some part of us wants to be connected to animals we want to be connected to nature we understand the symbiosis yeah and we seek it however we I'm can I'm totally married to a zoologist so we are <laughs> constantly (laughs) looking and caretaking after animals and I wouldn't have it any other way they just bring so much joy and innocence so that's the other thing you can do and you know you don't have to be a pet owner you can be a pet babysitter there Mm -hmm. are all those wonderful things online now and my my other advice for dealing with climate change and climate anxiety is make space for your emotions don't deny them let them come through process them and that way you won't get stuck in them they'll help spur you on to make the changes that need to be made and listen to indigenous cultures part of the reason we're here is because we stopped listening to indigenous cultures and i think that is got what got us to where we are and listening is what will get us back to where we need to be we're in mm. pain because of that yeah disconnection from yeah. that ancient and give wisdom. gratitude Give gratitude. Don't just give the earth rubbish. Give her gratitude as well. So something that I was given years ago that I wanted to share that are kind of my rules and they're from the wolf rules from Clarissa Pinkola Estes and I think it's a really nice way of wrapping up what nature's trying to tell us. One, eat. Two, rest. Three, rove in between. Mm. Four, render loyalty. Five, love the children. Six, cavil in the moonlight. Seven, tune your ears. Eight, attend to the bones. Nine, make love. And ten, howl often. I freaking love that. Beautiful. I have that on my wall. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And of course, it's hope. Cultivate hope, cultivate faith. There are so many resources out there and more and more every day for people who need to figure out how to navigate their climate anxiety, their connection to the earth. I think it's something we're just going to be talking about more and more and we're here to support you and there's so much support out there for you. So we really urge you to get into nature and love this planet and love the role you play on this planet and feel good about your connection rather than um, guilty or bad about your connection. And one thing we were talking about earlier was a little bit like think global, act local. And for your What the World Needs Now contribution uh, in this episode, you've got a bit of think global, act local, haven't you, Lynette? So my What the World Needs Now is Owen. Owen is from Massachusetts and he is six and he saw the bushfires on the TV and that it was affecting Australian animals and he got concerned and he needed to figure out a way with his mum about how he could channel that energy and how he could help. So he started making these little clay koalas and they are uber cute. And he then raised more than a hundred thousand dollars incredible for the Australian bushfire effort. And I just felt really inspired that, you know, he just started where he was, used what he Did had, what he and then he just created a whole lot of energy for other people. And I, I thought, yep, no, we don't need to worry about the next generation. I think they've I think they've got something going on. Yeah, what the world yeah. needs now is everybody just doing their bit. Everybody yeah, doing their bit, little doing bits help. Yeah. What about you? As so my what the world needs now is more talking to strangers. 
I've had a couple yeah. of really beautiful little interactions lately where I've had just little temporary relationships. Like I had one where it was three women of various ages and we met at the airport. We had an hour to kill before we could check in for our flight. And we were all just kind of standing there. And then when we realized that we were the first three to turn up for the flight, we all started talking to each other and just had <laughs> the most amazing hour. Where And we didn't stay in contact. We're not friends. It wasn't building to something bigger. It was we were there. We had this temporary little friendship where we all were present. We were all were present. We were there. We enjoyed it. And then it was over and that was enough. And I think the world needs more oh. random little temporary relationships where we're just present with each other and it yes. is what it is. And then it doesn't end up becoming an Instagram story or whatever. It's just we're here together and then we move on, but it stays with us in our hearts. And what do they say? No one appears out of coincidence like that's yep, part no of accidents. that was part that was meant to be what those moments were for yeah. I love that and it's so easy to think that everybody's I don't know separate and then you have these little interactions and you're like oh no we're, we're all in it together that's good to I remember. love that we're all in it together and that's it. That's the podcast for this week. So you can find us on Instagram, WooWooVerse. You can find us at our website, WooWooVerse.com. And we love it when you go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from and you give us a five-star rating and review. It helps us spread the love. It helps the whole squad vibrate higher. It helps other people find out about this podcast. And we are here to help. So we want more and more and more and more people to learn about it. So thank you in advance for just going and, you know, like saying nice things about us. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. you and uh, Lynette, yeah. <laughs> support you. Uh, support you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Wooverse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Wooverse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.